Homegrown Podcast, uh, June the 1st. Happy Pride Month to uh, all my brothers and sisters out there that pull guard. Like, learn a fucking takedown. It's, it's that simple. What is up? I just want to thank you guys for the reception that I've got um, on the two Aaron Hernandez episodes that I did. Um, I'm not going to lie, that was kind of like a passion project for me, like, episode-wise. Um, I mean, as I said in the, in the episodes, like, I'm, I was a huge Aaron Hernandez fan. Leisha almost sneezed. Like, right, like, we're just, we're just chilling. She's reading her little book, and she almost sneezed. I hope you guys heard that. Um, I was, I was a huge fan of Aaron Hernandez, and so when, when Gladiator, the, uh, eight-part Boston Globe podcast came out, um, I devoured it. And then the Netflix series came out, and I just, I devoured it. <clears throat> Recently, um... I guess it was in between episodes. I purchased um, Unnecessary Roughness, wrote by Jose Baez. And so Jose Baez, I said in the episode, was uh, Casey Anthony's defense lawyer. Um, But this is Inside the Trial in the Final Days of Aaron Hernandez, forward by Cheyenne Jenkins Hernandez. It's uh, absolutely phenomenal. I'm devouring it right now. Um, I'm looking... So I posted this the other day on my Instagram. I'm just going to throw it out there again. I'm looking for size medium Aaron Hernandez jerseys and also still on the hunt for my Johnny Manziel jersey. As everybody knows, Johnny Manziel, um, my all-time favorite, wow, fuck, (laughs) my all-time favorite player. Um, So I'm just looking for those jerseys. If anybody knows the whereabouts of those size medium, hit me up and I will pay you greatly. Uh, before we get into this, uh, brought to you by Wholesome Supplements. Go to Wholesome Supps. That's not their website. Go to WholesomeSupplements.com, I think, and use the code HALFPINT, and you get some money off. We get some money. You can also go to PhoneSoap.com and use the code TAKEDOWN and get 20% off your order, and I get paid. Feel free to hit the link in the bio. Go to the link tree, donate to the Cash App, donate via fucking Bitcoin if you want to. Um, yeah, let's let's get right into it, because it's been... Um, I have a lot of thoughts that I just want to um, construct and, and just uh, you know put into the world. So let's do this. All right, so let's just... Uh, let's pick off you know the the low-hanging fruit first todd chrisley's gay affair i don't know if anybody's seen this have you guys ever watched an episode of chrisley knows best happy pride month but we all knew that dude was gay i'm kicking off pride month so hard right now uh hey pride never die dude go watch uh mirko Crocop versus fucking vandy pride never die in this house <laughs> you know what i mean um Anyways, let's scroll on my little list of shit to talk about here. Um, There's a Michael Jackson impersonator on Instagram. And I come across his post. I actually stole it. I don't know whose post it was, but I shared it on my Instagram because I thought it was so great. But the handle is at the real Michael Jackson 1111. And uh, they have 59 followers and 417 posts. And so they're messaging accounts, and they say, Hey, it's Michael Jackson. I'm messaging you from a private account. 
I'm not really dead. Can you cash at me $600 so I can come back to the United States and put out more music? He, he. You know, like the old Michael Jackson? He, he. Anyway. Uh, here's a fucking thought, okay? And this is uh, an absolute fucking snowball of a thought. So we're just gonna, we're gonna get right into it. I gotta pull up old Juice's fucking inst- or, uh, Wikipedia here. So, uh, Juice, I mean, and so when I say I gotta pull up Juice's Wikipedia, most of you guys are gonna know who I'm talking about. It's Orenthal James Simpson, a.k.a. OJ, alright, who definitely fucking murdered Nicole. I mean, I think we can all, we can all agree on that. So anyways, so let's just talk about, let's talk about the butterfly effect, huh? So, OJ Simpson is originally playing... For the Buffalo Bills. He played from uh, 69 to 77. Sorry to be going over so much football. I know some of you guys don't really like football. And I really don't give a fuck. Um, but these are just interesting characters. And from the time that I started doing like these history lessons, it's literally just been interesting character after interesting character. So OJ is a very fucking interesting character. Uh, 1969. Pick one, round one. He was definitely fucking sought after. And so he plays for the Bills from 1969 to 1977. Let me tell you, he drops a fucking game-winning pass. Unsure of the team, don't really care. But drops a game-winning pass. And is subsequently, wow, <laughs> subsequently traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, he was with the 49ers from 1978 to 1979. So, in California, murders, okay, absolutely murks Nicole Brown Simpson, RIP, Happy Pride Month, and her friend Ron Goldman, okay? Who was his defense lawyer? Do you know who it was? It was Robert Kardashian. Oh, shit, I did know that. Yeah, you knew that. I know you knew that because I've been writing about this shit for days. And I'm not, like, this isn't a high thought. This is like a butterfly effect thought, Okay. So, kills, well, I mean, allegedly kills Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. They were found fucking stabbed to death. I mean, he almost cut their fucking heads off. Like, that's not, uh, I mean, that's, you know, pretty intentful. Uh, anyways, <laughs> sorry, I just, like, we just kind of, anyways, Robert Kardashian is his lawyer, right? And so his, his defense team was said to be the greatest defense team ever. Ever, he had uh, Johnny Cochran, Robert Kardashian, Robert Shapiro. Um, I mean, he had a fucking yeah. He had a good team. So, anyways, Robert Kardashian represents O.J. Simpson, and guess fucking what? The Kardashians rise to fame because of old Robert Kardashian. Okay. You want to know who his uh, his wife was? Chris Kardashian. You want to know who his kids are? Courtney Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Chloe Kardashian. And that motherfucker Rob Kardashian. Anyways, butterfly effect. Had OJ caught that pass, he would have finished his career in Buffalo with the Bills. Robert Kardashian would have never had a high-level 
legal case. And therefore, keeping up with the Kardashians wouldn't be 28 fucking seasons deep right now. And we wouldn't have to fucking entertain the news of Kanye and Kim and Pete Davidson. And we wouldn't have to fucking... Like, that shit wouldn't matter. So realistically, whenever the next time you guys are flipping through the channels and you see that Keeping Up With The Kardashians are on or you see Kim K... Um, you know, on Twitter, or you see the Kardashians somewhere, and you're like, oh, those motherfuckers. You need to be really directing some anger at OJ, okay? The fucking butcher of Brentwood over there cutting off fucking Nicole's head and shit. That is the guy to blame for the, uh, the butterfly effect via the Kardashians. That was a very... Um, People are going to be like, oh, Josh, you're just fucking high. And then they're going to think about it for a minute, and they're going to be like, wow, that dude's actually onto something. Absolutely crazy. I had a couple thoughts that I wanted to share with you guys about the Aaron Hernandez case. Um, so we were kind of, it was very comedic, the first nine minutes of this podcast, and we're going to get a little bit somber, okay? Um... Jose Baez has wrote a great book here with Unnecessary Roughness. And if you are a football fan, if you kept up with the trial of Aaron Hernandez, um, or if you're just a fan of, um, like, crime, I guess. Not not like you're a criminal, but you're a fan of, like, crime stuff. Um, sorry, I am kind of high to, to out myself. Um... You should check it out. It's very good. I found it on Amazon hardcover for 15 bucks. You can't fucking beat that. And so, um, you know, we talked a lot about, like, Aaron's upbringing, and we talked a lot about his sexuality. And there was two things that I wanted to leave you with regarding the Aaron Hernandez case. And so one was motive for murder of Odin Lloyd, which was never actually um, solidified. And so one of the things, because in doing the research for that, those two podcasts, I had to figure out where I had to, I had to serve you this dish not that didn't just taste good, but looked fucking good too, if that makes sense. So I scoured Reddit, I scoured everywhere. And the only logical explanation could be that Odin Lloyd either knew about the double murder in South Boston, or South End in Boston, or that Odin Lloyd knew Aaron was a closeted homosexual. Happy Pride Month. Um, which, I mean, I would believe either one. I would absolutely believe either one. My air just kicked on, so I'm going to edit that out. But anyways, I would believe either one of those. Because Aaron was this macho like alpha male and he was raised in a house where his father used um homophobic slurs like daily when talking to his fucking kids um and like to me that's not fucking cool at all and i'm sure to most parents that's not cool at all but that was how he was raised and so there's this big thing with culture nowadays where they hear things like that and they just um, like they condemn the person but they don't think about the actual consequences of those actions and so the dire consequences of Aaron's father being the way that he was kind of formed DJ and Aaron 
in the like the ways that it did. So Aaron, um, obviously mild tempered, slightly homophobic himself, but potentially due to being a closeted homosexual, but he was very macho and he was very alpha. Whereas DJ, um, it seemed kind of leaned the opposite direction where DJ was more, in interviews at least, and in his book, DJ is more reserved and he's more thoughtful and he's more, um, in, like he, he speaks more intelligently. And I'm not saying Aaron's not intelligent because reading this Jose Baez book um, and hearing just what Aaron was saying or what Aaron was thinking, Aaron was a very intelligent person. But what I'm getting at is that Aaron was raised in a home. Um, if like so, if we are a reflection of our upbringing, that is exactly what Aaron was. So I believe that it it probably is accurate that Odin Lloyd more than likely knew something about the double murder in South End, and Aaron was worried that this secret was going to get out, or that potentially Odin Lloyd had heard or seen something about Aaron potentially being um, a homosexual or bisexual man, and that is what Aaron was paranoid about, right? That, like, that's what we we just don't know is this, um, like, actual motive. And so the second thought that I had that I wanted to convey afterwards was that the time of Aaron's death um, there's a lot of conspiracies regarding whether Aaron killed himself, whether he, he didn't, etc., etc. Um, there was a Boston radio show that the prison inmates actually had access to. They could actually listen to it on their prison radios that reportedly made a gay joke about Aaron Hernandez. Something about him being a tight end, but... Um, I don't even know the joke, and I don't even want to hit it for like verbatim because it's just it's it's shitty that you can it's shitty that you would make a joke about somebody's sexuality with them. Here, okay, I do stand up comedy, and I came out swinging my very first show ever. I had a Bruce Jenner or sorry a Caitlyn Jenner joke, and then I talked about one of my cousins sucking dick, right? So I will only make a joke that could be inappropriate if I know that the A, the audience I'm telling it to will understand and appreciate it and B, that I'm not like sly dissing anybody. Like I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I feel like there are people you can joke about and there's people you can't. Right? And so Caitlyn Jenner is obviously an easy target for 99% of Americans but I actually like Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner is a, a Republican she has a show with Fox. She done a Nelk Boys, one of the Full Sin podcast. She's very smart. And she actually makes a couple jokes about herself. So I felt comfortable knowing that I could make a joke about her, right? Um, but in the context that this radio show did the joke about Aaron, it seemed very uh, rude and undermining and very um, offensive. And so one of the ongoing rumors is that Aaron committed suicide out of shame. Um, which, once again, because of the way Aaron was raised, it's very believable. Um, and then one of the other things that I, I touched on briefly, and I wanted to touch on a little bit more, was the fact that Aaron was hospitalized multiple times in the time that he was in prison 
um, for overconsumption of K2. Um, and so reading his suicide note um, to Jose, to Cheyenne, to Avi, his daughter, um, the tone was very different than any of the other letters we read. And so I almost wonder if potentially, um, I don't know, just potentially he wasn't in the right state of mind. Um, especially five days after he was, um, after he won the trial for the, the double murder. Um, and was appealing the Odin Lloyd murder trial. So it, it really makes you wonder um, the motive of, of suicide as well because he did not seem like he had given up uh, to anybody. Um, and one of the things that I left out of the uh, trigger warning suicide scene um, was he put shampoo all over the floor and stuck cardboard in the door jam. Um, Aaron made it very complicated for what ended up being three uh, members of the jail to actually get to his body and get him down to the floor. Um, the guard on duty that night had apparently fell asleep and missed the 11 o'clock rounds. Um, it was just the, the whole... The whole situation is so perplexing, and I think that's why I was so interested in doing an episode about it, because I could do an eight-part series like Gladiator and cover every fucking thing, and there's still more to cover. Um, so it was, it, was really <clears throat> it was really fun bringing you those episodes, but it was also very stressful because um, I just I immersed myself in that case and that trial and that two-year period where everything fucking played out and uh mentally i was just like i was done with it and so i felt like two episodes would be enough but then i started doing this now we're 18 minutes in and i've talked about the aaron hernandez trial and the two episodes more than fucking anything else um so it's very i don't know it's very it's it's very perplexing and it's very weird, and you can't help but feel for um, every individual involved, whether it was on Aaron's side or the victim's sides or even Jose's side. Um, because as Jose writes in this book, he was going through a divorce the same time as the Aaron trial, and it took all of his attention. Oh, well, like it took his attention away from his own personal life and, and into the Aaron. It was just, it's a rough situation, the entire uh, go around. So I did want to touch on that. I know I'm sorry, we're 20 minutes in. I'm kind of burning through this little internal episode just on another Aaron Hernandez episode. Um, and if you didn't like the Aaron Hernandez episodes, I'm sorry. A lot of work went into those and, uh, I thought they actually came out really good. I thought they were very informed. I thought that I had a timeline put together to keep everybody on track. For me, that is what I wanted. Like when I listen to Gladiator or even when I watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary, like I wished there was a little timeline um, to kind of help keep me, I guess, in place. Um, and so I knew reciting this in podcast format, I wanted um, a timeline. So 
that's just where that came from. Um, it's 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 weird. I think um, a majority of the reason for this uh, internal episode was I wanted to touch on one thing more than I was able to last episode, and it's the topic of CTE. And so you can Google CTE and look into it. It is a brain disease caused by semi-concussive blows to the head. And being in a sport where I wrestled my entire life and then I fought my entire adult life, um, I was in a lot of gyms that done things a lot differently than the way I coach now, right? And so I think all of my... um, I think all of my guys that, that take my MMA class, I think they all listen to the podcast. So they will all tell you the same thing. We sparred last night. Very, very light. I even said that most of the time my guys aren't going to need mouthpieces or cups for sparring because we're not going to be hitting that hard. Sparring for us is timing and um, just getting the feel of having a body in front of you. I went probably two-ish years um, without sparring and felt great. I done just fine. It didn't affect me whatsoever, timing or speed-wise. I just feel like when you're new to the sport, sparring's somewhat pertinent just so you can get the feeling of another body in front of you. But I don't like sparring because when I first started fighting, a lot of people know this, and I've talked about it episode after episode, but when I first started fighting, uh, MMA wasn't legalized in a lot of states. Um, it wasn't sanctioned in, in a lot of states. And so with the, um, with the growing of a sport and legislature, of course, come knowledge. And so I can guarantee you that like guys at the Lions Den back in the day, like you take a really well-known camp, the Ken Shamrock, Frank Shamrock camp, um, you take them or you take the Militich crew, you know, it had Robbie Lawler. Um, let's see, Robbie Lawler was there. Uh, of course, Pat Militich Barnett was there for a little bit. The, the timing, it was so different. They had fucking full on gym wars though. Um, and you even see it now with you like team alpha male and I'm not shitting on team alpha male because I'm a huge Uriah Faber fan. Uriah Faber is one of the reasons that I'm even in this sport. But you watch Team Alpha Male on Instagram, they're sparring days, and they're absolutely banging with each other. Um, and the older I get, the more I hate that because of the knowledge that I've gained about CTE. Um, and so last night we sparred super light. Everybody had a really great time. Everybody got what they needed out of it and nothing more. And you'll typically find that gyms that, that do sparring now, I think... Or at least most gyms now, um, there's more emphasis on safety. Whereas when I first started, it was very fucking wild, wild west. It was like a like a duel. Um, like fucking I'm your Huckleberry, say when type shit. And so being in the like being in the sport as long as I have been, and I played football. I played football growing up. I actually broke my fingers and my dad wouldn't let me play because um, football to us, like football in my family was just cardio for wrestling. 
And so, um, being around full contact sports, I rode bulls. I'm riding another bull in like fucking 15 days. Um, it's terrifying. The, like what we're learning about CTE. And so, um, this website, globalsportsmatters.com, have an article. It's called From Punch Drunk to CTE, How the Sports World Learned to Ignore Brain Trauma. Um, and so I know a majority of my listeners are in the MMA world or in the jiu-jitsu world or the Muay Thai world or football. I know I have a lot of rugby players that listen. And I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Protect your fucking brains. Um, there's no fucking reason to get in a gym war or to um, hit as hard as you possibly can every fucking practice. Or, like, to me, the older I get, and I don't know if it's just where I have a a daughter now and I'm looking at things from a long-term perspective and not in the moment anymore. I feel like, for a majority of my life at least, I looked at things in the moment and not for long term. And so I would get hurt a lot. I've had a lot of injuries. I've broken my ankle twice. I've broken my hand twice, fingers. Um, on record, I have seven concussions. Um, it's just, it's not worth, um, it's not worth this. And I think that Aaron is probably the most blatant case uh, I would say he had severe CTE. He had stage three of four stages. He had migraines, uh, lapses in memory. He had almost like a bipolar um, attitude towards things. He had poor impulse control. He actually tells Jose in a letter that he has poor impulse control. And this was before um, well, there was a lot of studies on CTE. Um, you look at football players like Junior Seau, who, um, the theory is that Junior Seau committed, uh, suicide the way he did because he wanted his brain studied because he knew there was something wrong with him. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm getting at is all the youngsters that are getting into MMA. I have a, I have a fucking gym full of 18 year olds. 18, 19 year olds. And it's so awesome for me to be their coach because I know that, um, I am definitely going to protect them the best way possible. The way that I wish I was protected at 18 years old. I've said, like I've told this story many times, my very first day in like a actual MMA gym was a sparring day where one of the pro fighters was fighting a wrestler in like, a month and they were like, Hey, uh, jump in there. I'd never learned how to throw a punch. I'd never learned how to throw a kick. I didn't know how to block. I didn't know anything. And, uh, I got teed off on until I took the guy down. (laughs) And that was like, that was how I started. Um, so if you're out there and you're coaching any level of individuals, whether it's amateurs, pros, you're teaching, young kids or or old men, I would just advise maybe potentially thinking of Aaron Hernandez or Junior Seau, um, 
you could even go as far as to say OJ Simpson has potentially taken a lot of hits to the brain. And um, you, you see things like with Mike Tyson and we, we always have these polarizing figures in sports, whether it be your Mike Tyson's, your Conor McGregor's, your fucking Jorge Masvidal. And you just think, wow, they're just, um, they just let the money get the better of them. What if it's not that, what if it is this brain disease that inevitably, um, we're not avoiding, right? And the only way that you can actually test for it is after a person dies. So you won't, you won't know that, um, while you're living, you'll have symptoms, but you won't, you won't truly know until after you pass away. That's so fucking scary. Um, and so that's my first thought. Whenever Connor gets arrested for anything stupid, my first thought is, wow, he's taking a lot of hits to the head. The whole Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington situation that just played out. That was the first thing that I thought of was, wow, like Jorge's been hit too many times. Um, Mike Tyson back in the day before Mike Tyson had a fucking spiritual revolution while in prison and came out of prison, a completely different man. But before, um, you just think about all this shit that Mike Tyson done and you just really have to think like, I mean, Mike Tyson assaulted another boxer on the streets of Brooklyn. A guy named, a guy named Bloody beat the shit out of him. And you just have to think, is this potentially CTE that's causing this poor fucking impulse control? And so, I'm leaving you with that. Protect your fucking brains. Wear your cup. Wear your mouth guard. Dental work is very expensive. You can believe me on that. And protect your fighters. Protect your team. Protect yourself. Because, um, we have enough Aaron Hernandez's. And we have enough Junior Seau's and we have enough Mike Tyson's, Conor McGregor's, Jorge Masvidal's. We need more George St. Pierre's, Kamaru Usman's, more Ian McCall's. Ian McCall is taking the steps to repairing his brain and other fighters as well. So that's what I'm leaving you with. I hope you guys have a great week. I have another cool-ass episode coming at you probably Saturday or Sunday. I don't know how many podcasts I'm like doing. I'm probably like two a week at this rate or something. Maybe just one a week. I don't really know, but I'm hammering out these episodes. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm going to do history episodes again very soon. Um, Doing research for history episodes is fucking hard, though. I kind of like really get in there. You know what I mean? Anyways, I hope you guys have a great week. Uh... Yep, hit the link in the bio. Adios.